What's up, bros? I'm Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we are a couple of... I already effed it up, damn it. We are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. This week on the podcast, uh, we'll be talking about uh, two movies coming to 4K this week. One we are actually breaking down. I'll let you guys guess which one. Wink, wink. <laughs> like, they couldn't tell based off of the title of this episode. No, 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 no. Uh, we got nothing for Through the Wall. Um, but I, really quickly, though, Caleb, did you... Because I forgot to ask you. Did you watch the trailer for the new Winnie the Pooh horror movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I know it's probably going to be shit, okay, but I'm do, still excited. Do you, want, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> sure. Let's do it. So, okay. So, I guess, I guess for Through the Wall, we're going to talk about the Winnie the Pooh horror film trailer. So, we'll get to that. Um, and then, uh, after that, uh, we'll be uh, moving on to our headliner, which will be... I'm going to spoil it. I'm sorry, guys. I know you guys wanted to guess, but uh, our headliner will be the... Our let's our breakdown of Elvis, <laughs> dude. What the hell? So, Caleb, what do you say we get started? <laughs> say let's do it. Need motivation? Angry Dad Podcast. Trying to jumpstart your life? Angry Dad Podcast. You want help getting off the couch? Angry Dad Podcast. You need a verbal kick in the ass? Angry Dad Podcast. You want to hear from somebody who's been through it all? Angry Dad Podcast. I am here for you. You can find me on all podcast platforms. All right, so getting into 4K Spotlight, uh, the first uh, movie up we have is the movie that we we're reviewing this episode, Elvis. Um, so it is not getting any exclusives, but, and I do appreciate this a lot, every single version of this has a different cover art, which I really appreciate. Um, so the 4K just has him, well, not just, has him in his uh, white outfit, um, which I, I would say, shit, did he wear this at the end of the movie? I can't remember. Or was it blue? Uh, he wore one of these suits. Okay. Like, he, he wore, like, this was kind of the one where it was his, um, his first performance at the International. That, yes, that's what it was. Thank you. Um, so that's the 4K cover. The Blu-ray cover is basically, like, the poster that was released for this movie where he's in a black leather jacket. Looks awesome. Freaking love this. Um, and uh, even the freaking uh, DVD has a different cover artwork. It's uh, him uh, uh, when I think we're like first introduced to him, uh, where he's wearing a uh, black shirt and tie uh, with a uh, pink uh, coat. Suit coat. Wasn't it pink? Yeah, it was pink. Okay. So yeah, he's wearing that on the DVD cover, and... You know, kudos to Warner Brothers for like having a different uh, version of Elvis on each of these uh, releases. Even though they're just bare bones, just regular releases, I appreciate that they uh, went uh, one step ahead and uh, made each one different. Yeah, that's. I really appreciate when they do shit like that. Um, Looking at you, Universal. I'm surprised that they didn't do 
one where it's just like the the buckle that they designed. I feel if they would have done a steel book, that would have been sick. That would have been a really cool steel book. Especially if it was like embossed with all of the 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 shit. Oh, that would have been sick. Well, just wishful thinking now. Yep. Um, anyway, moving on to Lightyear. <laughs> that is the uh, next big release this week. Um, and so, like Elvis, every single uh, release of this movie has a different artwork, even if it's just a bare-bones Blu-ray and 4K release. feels like Disney is doing this a lot uh, with their movies. Um, some do, some don't, um, but I do appreciate when they do. Um, so the regular Blu-ray of Lightyear just has like the, I think it was just like the main poster where it's like all of the cast, uh, not walking into battle, but like, I think it's like them like looking up and then like above them is a Zerg. And then I think it's also like Zerg and, um, Buzz fighting. Um, so kind of bland, but it's still cool. Um, and then, uh, the regular 4k release of this, um, is, I swear this was like a teaser poster for the movie. It's just like a side profile of Buzz uh, in his suit and everything with the helmet up. Looks badass. Yeah, that um, was. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was like the the teaser poster. But that that's what, oh, okay. so cool, right? Oh. Um, and then uh, for a Disney Movie Club Club exclusive. Um, so since. I don't know why Disney does this. So with Disney Movie Club, if you want like slipcovers for just regular Blu-rays, this is literally how you have to get them is through Disney Movie Club. You have to order it through them because um, the yeah, literally the only exclusive thing about Disney Movie Club is you actually get the slipcover for the regular Blu-ray because the, the version you'll find in stores does not come with a slipcover. Um, and the slipcover is just Buzz standing, looking out, somewhere and then just holding socks um so kind of bland but you know if you want a slip cover for Lightyear on blu-ray there you go that's the only way you're gonna get it um and then uh last but not least uh we have a uh beck spot did i just say best buy i sounded like it wow we have a best buy exclusive 4k steelbook and God, I love this cover artwork. It's, um, and I, I don't, I think this, I don't know if this was the main poster or another teaser poster, but oh. it's, uh, shit. Um, it's Buzz walking into, um, well, Buzz just walking, uh, on a, um, runway, I guess, I guess runway. Um, uh, still full suit, but, uh, he doesn't have, um, his, uh, headpiece on. You can actually see his hair. Dude, it looks but he does have the helmet sick. over. Right? Yeah, I freaking love this. It looks so steel cool. Look. Oh, yeah, I freaking love, love it. it. Yeah. Dude, the, and the like I'm look I'm looking at it right now. The back art is like it's, so it's an image of like the launch pad and it shows him like taking off from the launch pad. That looks incredible. Oh shit, I haven't even cuz blu-ray.com never shows you the back and I hate it. Yeah, I honestly really just Googled uh, Lightyear 4K <laughs> and then Smart chose man. the one. 
Yeah, and then just kind of was following along with you, trying to figure out which ones you were talking about. And so when you were talking about the steel book, I found the one for BestBuy.com. And yeah, it shows like the inside artwork is like when uh, Buzz was taking off and then Sox is like right next to him. Which I feel like could have done something different with that, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, like that back artwork is the shit. Right? Oh, such a good... This looks like a great steelbook. Um, but other than that, that's it for exclusives and just light year in general. Um, I guess they're doing away, or at least for this movie. Actually, wait, no, they're not doing it for Thor Love and Thunder either. Um, no, uh, I guess, uh, Target exclusive, uh, Digi. Not, it's not a Digi book anymore. Digi pack. That like comes with like a booklet of like behind the scenes shit. I don't know if they're going to stop doing those now. Um, if they are, that kind of sucks because like some of those, like yeah, they're not as good as they used to be. But some of the information you found in the books was kind of cool. Um, so if they if they are done with those, that is sad. But I guess oh uh, well. But yeah, that's all I got for uh, a four K spotlight. Uh, Caleb, do you have anything you want to say about Elvis or Lightyear? Nope. All right. Well, then moving on to... I almost said through the... Wait, no, yeah. It I, is I through am the wall. Jeez <laughs> Louise. <sighs> okay, moving on to through the wall. Then this was like spur of the moment. Uh, we got our first official trailer for... Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, oh my god, Winnie the Pooh, dude, you're having blood a day. and honey, <laughs> I am, dude, I am so sorry, <laughs> um, yeah, so first trailer for Winnie the Pooh, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having Never. a life, that's what I'm having, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. oh god. Okay, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey trailer. That's what we got. And <laughs> like I said earlier, I'm sure it's probably gonna be shit. It's not gonna be good probably. But am I gonna watch this shit day one? Absolutely, because Winnie the Pooh turned into a horror movie just sounds like a freaking blast. Dude, that sounds ridiculously fun. And this trailer <laughs> <laughs> like, like shit. <laughs> yeah. The oh my god. This will be one that we break down, like without yeah. freaking doubt. <laughs> Dude, freaking when uh, so Christopher Robin takes his, I believe, fiance, right? Or was it just his girlfriend? It's, I don't know. It's someone, his significant Either, other. There we go. Either or, he takes her back to uh, the Hundred Acre Woods. To introduce her to his friends, which, if this is how the Hundred Acre Woods always looked, kid, you gotta have a better imagination, because this place looked like shit. Dude, like, no joke. Like, it just... It's interesting to think that, like... I want to know what this kid's imagination was. Like, is is this his imagination? Like... This is like so. There's so many things that like this could be. Is this just like a couple of like 
swamp people that were pretending pretending to be these animals for this little kid? Like, is this his imagination come to life? Like, what is this? <laughs> Dude, that first one has got me thinking hard. And I do not hate that idea. But the swamp people? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, this is freaking, I'm intrigued. I know. They're messing with my childhood in, like, the worst way. Because I was a huge Winnie the Pooh fan as a kid. Like, huge. I feel you a little more. But... Yeah, like I had such like such nostalgia for this. And so this movie I'm almost afraid for it to be good. <laughs> I mean, they killed Eeyore. I know. What the hell was up with that? And dude, like that's what was what what got me with this. It's like when they were like, "Oh, Eeyore's dead." And then they had like the sk- the skull. I was just like, "Okay, so did they like eat him?" Yeah, exactly. like, that's... like obviously these aren't like it, this isn't an actual bear and pig. This is these big ass dudes in a, in a mask. I mean, but maybe with this movie they have to say like, oh no, these are actually supposed to be a pe- a bear and a pig. With it being such a low budget horror film, if that's what they are trying to pull off, that is absolute horse shit. <laughs> My question, and I'm sure it's just because, you know, like, Disney owns the rights to those characters, but I really wonder if um they are allowed to mention any of the other Hundred Acre Wood Gang. Like, are they allowed to mention... I don't think they're allowed to mention Tigger. I think I read somewhere that they're not allowed to mention Tigger. Um, um like, That would be incorrect, though. So, Disney owns the rights to their rendition of... The hunt of Winnie the Pooh and the Hundred Acre Woods characters. Okay, but everyone in the like from the original stories is free game, and they had all the those characters. So, so Disney didn't add any characters to, not that I'm aware of. Like okay. Kanga, Rue, Owl, Rabbit, Piglet, Eeyore, um. Even the Heffalumps and Woozles. Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, did they? Okay. Like, so with the Heffalumps and the Woozles, we did not ever, in the books, we did not ever see them. Okay. Um, Unlike the the Disney Winnie the Pooh. Disney Winnie the Pooh did show us the Heffalumps and Woozles. But the books never did. They did talk about them, but they never showed them. Okay. Hmm. So the oh. so the Heffalumps and Woozles are like they are free game. They just like you can't use any of the um like you can't copy Disney's look for them at all. So I think that's why okay. they threw Winnie the Pooh in um in overalls. And gave frickin' Piglet actual, like, frickin', um, horns. Oh, like, tusk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this movie looks like it's gonna be nuts, and I'm I'm absolutely here for it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's gonna be on any streaming service, or if it's only just gonna be straight to, like, Blu-ray and DVD. 
Is it like really called Winnie the Pooh? I thought it was just called. Oh shit! It is. The, the dude, there's no way in hell that they they pull off that this is like an actual bear. I guess we'll find. When does this movie come out? Does it say? Um, let's see. An official release date is yet to be announced. Damn it. Yeah, but filming wrapped in May of 2022. So I would probably expect it to come out either late, later this year, maybe, or early next year. Like, possibly springtime. Okay. that's That would be my guess. So, I... <laughs> ridiculously excited for this. Like I said, I just know it's going to be shit, but like, even if it is shit, I'm going to love every single minute of it. Yeah, but it's like, who knows, dude? Like, who knows, like, what this is going to be? Yeah. For all we know, this could surprise the ever-living hell out of us. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you're not. Got him at... Imagine it being, like, one of our uh, favorite movies of 2022. Dude, that would be hilarious. Alright, so the director... Let's see what else he's done. Oh my gosh, he's doing a Peter Pan horror movie. Oh my god, <laughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah, it's Peter Pan's Neverland Nightmare. Oh my god, it sounds amazing. Dude, he's never freaking uh, done anything. Well, hey, when those two ca- when those two properties became public domain, he's just like, "Yes, my time has come." Okay, but his so his freaking director credits are not giving me hope that this is going to be good. Oh shit. So holy shit. Each one of these is like more ridiculous than the last. So all of his direct so he has one uh, short that came out in 2014 that he has a director credit on. Okay. And then he has three movies coming out in 2022 that are in pro- post-production right now. Uh, he has two or three additional movies on top of that that are also in, in post-production. And then the Peter Pan Neverland Nightmare is filming right now. So oh, he has... Lord. Six movies in post-production right now. God damn. Yeah, and... Yeah, this is uh is not giving me hope for, for good things. So his first... His first project is called Demonic Christmas Tree. That sounds amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, next is Fire Nato. Okay, that one sounds stupid. The next is Sky Monster. That sounds like such a generic name for a horror film. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, then Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Then The Rise of the Loch Ness. Oh, God. And then Dinosaur Prison. <laughs> okay, I'm down for that one. 
Di- okay, Dinosaur Prison and um, the uh, Christmas Tree one. I'm down. I actually want to watch those. Dude, this is going to be hilarious. I, so I'm looking up what the, the, like, the synopsis for these movies. So Sky Monster, a magnetic force, pulls a small plane into the Bermuda Triangle. Now a group of friends find themselves stalked by a beast, dot, 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 in the clouds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right, let's do uh, wow. Fire NATO next. Holy shit! <laughs> An accountant for the mob has to an es- has to escape a whirlwind of fire while he's chased for armed or chased for by armed robbers. I can learn to write English, people. <laughs> All right, demonic Christmas tree. Oh, this one doesn't even have a plot. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, uh, yeah, it's because all you need to know about the movie is the title. It's a demonic Christmas tree. I know, but it, it's supposed to come out in o- October 2nd. Freaking <laughs> stupid. All right. Let's see what Rise of Loch Ness gives us. Okay, the Rise of Loch Ness. Oh my gosh, dude. There's this person, May, or this actress, May Kelly. He, she's literally in like all of these projects. oh shit that's funny alright let's see Uh, a group are sent to discover what happened to a recent lost ship only to discover the horror that awaits them lurking below dude holy shit she is legit like that actress is legitimately in every single one I just checked she's in freaking Winnie the Pooh too let's see is she in demonic Christmas tree yep so she's legitimately in every single one of these projects that's amazing like is this his girlfriend or something like oh it's like you know rob zombie with a sherry moon zombie all right let's see what dinosaur prison is well this is stupid what do you think like if you were to If I were to tell you, hey, there's a movie called Dinosaur Prison, what's it about? I would assume dinosaurs in today's day and age, but they're in prison. (laughs) You pretty much got it right on the head. The description, a prison that has caged dinosaurs. (laughs) Okay. My question, though, is... um, how sturdy is that prison? Because I feel you have to literally make the sturdiest prison you've like that has ever been crafted in the world to hold a dinosaur. Yeah, you would think. This is. I mean, as you can see, the Jurassic Park films uh, still haven't gotten it down. Shit, dude, this is so freaking funny. Yeah, he had. I still so... have. <laughs> So he wrote Dinosaur Prison, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and these other these two other like random ass movies. This movie's going to be horrible, and I'm here for it, dude. I, it's I'm like, just exc- oh, holy shit! Like this dude's working on a bunch of shit. 
So he has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. He has 21 projects that he's currently working on that have not been released yet. Damn. That's ridiculous. Very. Um, yeah, I do not have high hopes for this movie anymore. I have high hopes for a demonic Christmas tree. That That's what I'm most excited for. <laughs> um, <Shit>. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, before this man ruins our childhood anymore, um, what do you say if we get on to our headliner of the evening? I say let's do it. So, for this week's headliner, we'll be breaking down Elvis. Caleb, would you like to let everybody know how we break down films on this podcast? I would love to. If you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final Albro's letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and thrown into our algorithm and spit out a letter grade for us to compare this movie to other movies. So it gives us a a schoolhouse grade and then gives us a percentage so we can figure out the nitty-gritty on where this ranks. (laughs) Uh, So... If you have not seen Elvis, this is a very spoiler-heavy review that we're about to do, and Rose is going to read off the synopsis for the entire film, so if you have not seen it, please do yourself a favor and go check it out. It is available on HBO Max, or like we said, you can get it on 4K when this releases. Literally the day after. The, the well, day. And it's also it's also um, available for digital purchase right now, like on iTunes and Vudu, shit like that. Yeah, so if you listen past this point and anything is spoiled for you, it is your own damn fault. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> for how good I've been doing this, ep- this episode so far, let's see how I do with Reading with Rose. Here we go. In 1997, Elvis Presley's former manager, Colonel Tom Parker, is on his deathbed having suffered a stroke. Nursing a gambling addiction that has left him destitute, he looks back on how he first met the future king of rock and roll. Raised mostly by his doting mother, Gladys, Elvis spent his childhood in the poorest parts of Mississippi. He finds an escape in the comic book adventures of Captain Marvel Jr., and especially in song, though once he moves with his parents to Memphis, he is ridiculed by his peers due to his fascination with the African-American music of Memphis's Beale Street. At this time, Parker is a carnival huckster. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Parker is a... Oh my god. Oh my... I tried, I tried, guys, I tried. 
Parker Parker is a carnival huckster who fancies himself a modern day P.T. Barnum. Although Parker is partnered, <laughs> Parker is partnered. <laughs> Why is that funny to me? <laughs> Oh God. I apologize for Rose. I assume he did drugs. <laughs> no, I'm just off my meds today. That's all it is. <laughs> Good hell. I don't know why that's so funny. It's not, right? Like, I'm not losing. I know I'm losing my mind, but you don't find that funny, too, right? Not even a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think what's funny is your reaction towards it. Fair enough. <coughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, you, that word, with country singer Hank Snow, Parker immediately realizes Elvis's crossover potential when he hears the white artist sounding black on the groundbreaking single, That's All Right. That night, he sees Elvis at a Louisiana hayride performance, finding him a talented musician with strong sex appeal. Parker persuades Elvis to let him take exclusive control of his... (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, we've done it. We broke Rose. (laughs) It's about damn time. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so Elvis lets him take exclusive control of his career, beginning a medi- mediocre, yeah, mediocre. I think I used that word correctly. Probably, probably not. Ascent that sees the Presley family lifted out of poverty. The regional public is divided in their views of the singer. Segregationist Southern Democrat Mississippi Senator Jim Eastland expresses the view that Elvis's music will corrupt white children, stoking racial hostility. Eastland calls Parker to an informal hearing during which he questions Parker about his mysterious past. After Elvis Elvis Elvis's charged dance moves at a concert, the singer finds himself facing potential legal trouble. Parker persuades the government to draft Elvis into the U.S. Army instead to avoid any legal entanglements. During his military service in West Germany, Elvis is devastated by his mother's alcoholism-induced death. He only recovers when he meets Priscilla... I'm going to butcher her last name. Below... I think so. Priscilla Below. After his discharge, he resumes his movie career, and years later, he marries Priscilla. As the popular cult, as the popular culture of the 1960s passes him by, Elvis's heart broken by the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy. Although he wants to become more politically outspoken in his music, Parker only allows him to release frivolous, feel-good songs. Elvis eventually decides to revamp his image with the help of an outstanding with an outside group of consultants redirecting a corporate-sponsored Christmas special television shoot into a career revival based on a return to older songs and a direct acknowledgement of Elvis's use of sexuality and performance via the wardrobe choice of an all-black leather performance outfit. The film depicts the performance choices in the special, including the closing number, If I Can Dream, as being present as being presented and perceived as acts of political commentary. Corporate sponsors are infuriated and threaten litigation, 
while Parker is disgusted, believing Elvis to have been brainwashed by hippies. Nevertheless, the show is a massive hit. After the special, Elvis headlines at the largest showroom in Las Vegas, the International Hotel, and then resumes concert tours. Parker's control of Elvis's life becomes even stronger as he refuses Elvis's request for a world tour and tricks him into signing a contract for a lengthy Las Vegas casino residency. Elvis discovers that Parker cannot travel abroad because he is a stateless illegal immigrant. Having surrendered his original Dutch citizenship, he would not be able to return to America after leaving. When he attempts to fire Parker, the manager responds by suing him for an impossible large sum of money. They argue, and Parker convinces Elvis that the two need each other. They rarely see each other afterward, though Parker continues to, though Parker continues in his role as manager. Elvis's behavioral issues and prescription drug addiction overtake him, and a despondent Pris and a despondent Priscilla divorces him in 1973, taking their daughter Lisa Marie with her. Elvis continues a rigorous schedule of shows that leaves him increasingly exhausted. Shortly before his death in 1977, Elvis expresses his greatest fear to Priscilla that no one will remember him after he is gone. At one of his final shows, Elvis, now bloated and pale, sings Unchained Melody and ends the performance with thunderous applause. As he finishes his recollection, Colonel Parker dies, impoverished and alone, while Elvis is beloved worldwide and is the best-selling solo artist in history. Hell yeah. God, I... Yeah, that... That's my worst one so far. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but it's up there. <laughs> but we got through it. Yeah. I think it's... Apparently, I have, like, a child's mind tonight, because I think it's the whole, like, OPP situation. Oh, good hell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Alright, so just let's kick this off with uh, getting into story. Um, this was an interesting tale. Like, the, at it least the, the perspective was interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, hell, I really knew, like, little, I know nothing about Elvis except for his songs, and I don't even know every single song. Um, so the way that they handled his life, the way, the, the, the way that they decided to tell the story, the way that Baz Luhrmann, um, decided to take on Elvis's story, captivating honestly like i was hooked from the first first scene yeah they did a really really good job of just capturing your attention and holding it i would almost dare say that the movie kind of comes off as like chaotic like like i think they hold you enough like keep you in the loop so everything like you kind of understand everything that's going on as you go but it just comes off as like really chaotic that's fair considering that literally the opening scene is uh elvis collapsing on the floor as he's about to go on stage and his manager uh colonel um help peterson right uh parker peterson? parker God damn it, sorry. Um, Colonel Parker literally saying, oh, whatever you have to do to get that that boy on that stage tonight, no matter what, you know, like you have to inject in him, anything. And just seeing that all go down and literally what the colonel has turned Elvis into, even though like having no context, 
because um, I mean, I'm sure other people had context, but I had like literally none. So like seeing that and like just seeing how he treated Elvis being the first scene, like I'm just like, oh my God, I'm really very interested to see how they got to this point and just like how much of how he honestly grew as a dick throughout the movie. Dude, straight up. Like, I didn't, I knew a little bit about Elvis. Like, not a whole ton. Like, I couldn't give you, I, I probably didn't know a majority of the information that we were given in this movie. But, I mean, I knew a decent amount about Elvis. Never knew about Tom Parker and, like, that whole conundrum. But I was under the impression that Elvis was, like, a junkie. Like, and, like, it, like yes, he turned into one, but it was, like, so late into his career. Like, I thought it w- he was, like, a junkie throughout. So, kind of, like, when they made that, that switch or made that call where, oh, we're going to be doing this, like, super crazy tour, 15 cities, 15 days, and this is how you'll rest. Like, we'll freaking drug you up so you can sleep, and then that, like... Obviously, that gets him freaking hooked and just ruins his life. Yeah. And so that's like the the turning point for me where I was just like, oh, shit. Like, he was like a solid stand-up guy, like a majority he of his really career. was. Yeah. I mean, he sure, he did some shady shit <laughs> with, like, especially yeah. his, um, like, with his wife when he was going around, like, kissing all the girls and yeah the dude audience. when that happened i'm like, like uh priscilla you got something to say about this yeah i know i was just like dude <laughs> your wife is like right there <laughs> and like, what the shit are you doing I just imagine her just being like no tongue no tongue that's all i care about yeah i know but shit um oh no i like hell i wouldn't I wouldn't even be okay with my husband just doing, like, one peck on the lips. Yeah, right? Like, he was going full in. Yeah, I know. Like, th- that that was, like, a full-on kiss. Dude, straight up. Um, But I, I don't know about you. I really appreciated this, like, this perspective. Like, oh, I we kind of get Elvis's stories through the eyes of Tom Parker. And it was so interesting the way that like at least the way that it came off like tom parker never seemed to be the type of person that was like accountable for his actions or held accountable for his actions right no i mean he because like yeah like when uh like at the ending of the movie when they're saying uh you know like oh this is what happened to tom parker i was really hoping it would say jail time but then it literally just said oh no uh all all the whole presley estate cut ties with him and then he literally spent the rest of his days in las vegas uh spending all of his money on slots and just dying slowly i'm just like okay at least he you know like he got sick and died uh, I know it's really really fucked up to say, um, guy deserved <laughs> it though. Um, but like the what he did to Elvis and like literally pushing him to his deathbed, I feel he should have gotten jail time. It's not only for that, but for how much he screwed Elvis over. Dude, straight up taking fifty percent 
Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, holy shit. And that's like taking into consideration that most managers and and whatever only take 10. Yeah, exactly. Like, he was getting paid five times more than any other manager. Like, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dude, and, like... Oh, like it's it's so sad too because it it kind of like opened and then slammed the door shut on the potential Elvis story that we could have gotten. Yeah, that's true. Like they were talking about like all this world tour stuff, all the stuff that he had planned for this. Like, hey, you got your own private jet to fly you to and from these international events where they're willing to pay you millions of dollars for like a single night and blah, blah, blah. And just like, if he would have just cut ties with Parker, if he would have just cut those freaking ties and we could have like gotten that part of Elvis, I think Elvis could have been so much bigger than he was like, absolutely. And that's like, He's freaking Elvis Presley. Like, that's yeah. that's saying a lot. Yeah, and he's the king of rock and roll. Yeah, like it's it's it was so sad to see that. It was ugh, freaking heartbreaking. Yeah, I really, really, dude. I was not expecting them because, um, like how in the um the by the. Wow, the summary it points out that uh, like towards the end of his career, like one of his last performances, you could tell that he was like becoming like super bloated from all the medication he was on and everything. Um, I did not expect when they actually like did that final show that they would actually show after that like snippets of like the moments that they covered in this movie that were actually caught on real life camera that are actually of Elvis Presley. Holy shit, dude! Like I must have blinked or something. <laughs> Because when they started showing the footage of, like, real Elvis, like, I was caught off guard. <laughs> I mean, that just shows, like, how amazing performance Austin, Austin Butler did. And, of course, we'll talk about that in, right, in acting. But Yeah. Dude, I was, like, I, I looked away for, like, maybe a second to, like, to answer a question Brielle had. And then I looked back, and then it's, like, real Elvis, and I'm just, like... Dude, the freaking like, did they just improve the makeup? <laughs> like in between <laughs> shots, dude, like, straight up. I'm like, that looks like Elvis. <laughs> then when they like looked, I'm like, oh shit, that is Elvis. <laughs> like, oh, it was so good. It was so freaking good. <laughs> you know what's the only problem that I have um, with this movie? What's that? And this is uh, this would I guess go into music too. Rubber Neckin was not in this movie at all. What the hell? Rubber Neckin. You never heard of that Elvis song? No. Are you freaking serious? Yeah, I'm like dead serious. Stop. It goes like, "Stop looking, listen, baby," because it's my philosophy. It's called Rubber Neckin, baby. And it's all right with me, dude. I have no idea, and dude. Listen- I'm flying to Georgia. I'm gonna. I'm kicking your ass for not knowing the Elvis Presley song, 
dude, I freaking listen to Elvis all the like. I, I gotta used make to be sure like that. a huge fan of of Elvis. Like I listen to all of his shit. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an yeah, rubber necking. It's a it's an Elvis Presley song. Not a very well known one. Bullshit. <laughs> I feel a lot of people know this song. All right, we're gonna have to put a poll out on our uh, social media. How many people know Robert Neckin? Because apparently, Kate <laughs> does not. He does not think it's a popular Presley song, and I absolutely disagree. Dude, there's. I'd have to listen to it. Okay. Actually, I'm gonna pause real quick and listen to it just to see if I okay. know the song. So, okay, one second. Okay. I have never heard that song in my life. Oh my god, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, you have homework. You have to listen to the whole song. <laughs> that is such a great Elvis song. <laughs> I can't believe you've never heard Rubber Neckin. Dude, never in my life. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> shit wow okay uh anyway <laughs> getting back into the story yeah you, you, you think you know a guy yeah you think <laughs> just kidding no but um i i really and this is more like Actually, yeah, it's more of a writing thing. I'll bring it up when we get into writing. Um, it just kind of has something to do with, like, uh, Tom Parker. Oh, okay. But I really, I really liked Elvis's whole, like, the, just the the way they went about like telling his story like they didn't start out his story like at the very beginning it w- it was That's like true which was really cool it it was it only focused on the point in time where tom parker became a part of elvis's life yeah i mean the, so, he does mention like this is oh this is where he came from this is how he like grew up but like literally it's only like a couple minutes if that yeah, so it's like obviously like the basic stuff that you learn about a person. Yeah. So I thought that was like incredibly interesting. Like, oh shit, like we're not getting like Mr. Nobody Elvis. We're getting like just starting to gain his popularity Elvis. And that was insane. Like it was, it was so cool to to watch because I feel like with with most stories, like with um, like it's it's hard not to compare it to them. But like with Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man, we get the backstory behind like where they came from and all this stuff, and we did get that, but it was like later in the film, and so it made it yeah a little bit more more interesting so i think the way that they went about like telling us like giving us that that context was was really cool and like the way that they shared like the story of um like what happened with his 
his dad like going to prison for I forget what it was. It was like, a bounce was, check. About oh yeah. Okay, so yeah, he his dad wrote a bad check, went to prison, and then when they when he got out they just ha- they struggled so bad they had to go into like a black neighborhood and that's how he was introduced to this this lifestyle. Well technically so, they well no, they moved into the black neighborhood while his dad was in prison. That that's why they had to, because like I'm assuming the dad was like the breadwinner, and so his mom oh, right, wasn't right, able right. To, to get that. I, I guess his mom couldn't get a job, or I don't know what exactly was happening. Um, but so yeah, that's why they had to move into a uh, black. Okay. Neighborhood. But yeah, like like crazy interesting, like really interesting story. And then the way that he got into music and like the the things that he took from his his childhood that just came back and like talking about uh Captain Marvel Jr. and the uh the Rock of Eternity like freaking nuts dude like oh like one thing that i really liked too was the reveal i mean we knew about it kind of but like just the when they revealed the the shady shit that that Tom Parker was doing, and like after he was like drugged out of his mind or passed out like right before the show, and then he like came and like while they were trying to wake him up and dunking his head in like the ice water, how he was reflecting on all these like little hints about what was going on and like his secret plans. Like it was, oh, it was it was like fascinating. Oh, yeah, and dude, absolutely. like, I've t- if I had a time machine, I would want to go like with basically like any of these these people like that we've seen these these backstories for, with like, um. Freddie Mercury or Elton John or with Elvis. I want I would want to go to the show that he did where he fired Tom Parker. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Like the that audience would was so uncomfortable. It was hilarious. Like they got this like amazing show, and then he just loses his mind, and everyone's just like dead silent. <laughs> like, oh shit! Like, what do we do? <laughs> like, if I ever get my hands on a time machine, there's I'm pretty sure there's gonna be like a re like this movie is going to include one person in the back just like laughing their ass off. <laughs> And that will be me. <laughs> you know what? I respect it. <laughs> oh, but overall, super solid story. Like manages to keep your intention your attention the entire time. Like there Absolutely. were no moments where I felt like, oh, this is going on too long or this is boring or whatever. Yeah, no, none. Ugh. So, what are you thinking for for writing or story? I'm definitely in the '90s. 
Um, I just don't know if I'm in like the high 90s. I'm going to say, I'm going to go in 93. I might go, actually I was thinking I was going to go higher than you, but I think I might match you. Like 93 is a solid score for this one. All right, moving on over to writing. Um, so just the one thing that I wanted to address, I really liked how they kind of made Tom Parker feel like someone who doesn't take accountability for his actions. They 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 set that up throughout, right? And then at the end, when he's explaining like what happened to Elvis, and he's saying like you a lot like talking to the audience and saying basically blaming the audience for what they did what we did to elvis like you did this like you caused this like it's your fault that you guys made him popular so i could take advantage of that like it like it felt like he was blaming the viewer and i'm like dude what absolutely like what a dick (laughs) Like, well, first it, of all, um, fuck you. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I just love that little, that little moment. It just kind of made me like reflect on his his character even more. And like, he hasn't taken like, like he hasn't um, admitted to anything that he's done. Yeah, yeah, he he really hasn't. God, yeah, oh, he's such a dick. Such a dick. Yeah. Um gosh, I, I did really like the um the dialogue that he was having or that uh Tom Parker was giving us during the first performance that he saw of Elvis's and talking about like the like the sign of a good performer is that they give you emotions or they give you feelings that you're not sure you're supposed to like. Yes, that was so cool. That was crazy. And just like the reaction that he that Elvis was getting from these this group of women. Like he was driving them nuts. Like and I'm just like shit. The way dude. That, yeah, the way that they were diving on stage, freaking, oh wow. Yeah, no kidding. Like in the freaking forties too, or fifties, whenever the hell yeah. this took place. I freaking love the one guy that's just like, is that a woman's uh, uh, undergarments that I see on the stage right now? <laughs> yeah, dude, that is. That was so funny. And seeing, like, freaking props to the extra women that performed in this. You you sold that so well. Every single one Sir, of you. Yeah, like, you could, yeah, there's no doubt that you could tell that they, they were reaching for that D. They were reaching for that D. <laughs> Dude, I was talking to Brielle about it. I'm like, dude, there there has to be 
someone alive today, like someone's grandmother that freaking messed around with Elvis <laughs> and is like taking yeah, it to her grave. Be. Oh yeah, considering that Priscilla Presley's still alive, yeah, there has to be at least someone. Yeah, right? But oh freaking freaking nuts, dude. Like oh yeah. it was so good. And then like it was cool too, because it's like I I like I really appreciated the cinematography in that moment. Cause it it just kind of showed or gave us like a really good reason why they were getting that worked up over him. Yeah. Like they were they were just showing like showing like close ups of his legs like wiggling around and and all of that and just like the like when he was moving like his hips and everything and just like the the close up shots of that and then like just kinda going back and forth between that and the women's faces like really shines that light on like okay like yeah <laughs> dude straight up um here's an interesting question for you so Brielle was asking me this after we watched Elvis mm-hmm. who do you think is our like modern day Elvis equivalent like obviously there's no one out there right now I feel or at least that I'm not aware of there's no one that's like up on the same level as Elvis, but who, like, who would you say is like our our Elvis equivalent? I don't even know. Like, is there like, can you even come even close to being equivalent to Elvis? That's like what I'm. I was having a hard time answering that. Like, she was saying it was Harry Styles, and it's not necessarily because like his music's good or anything. It's just like how crazy women go over him and i'm like "Ah, i've seen a decent amount of like videos where that's true and i mean harry styles is actually like a really nice guy for what he does to his fans because like have you seen like what he does for like the lgbtq community Uh, i've not so um some if like he uh sees a uh a fan like waving a pride flag whether it be just like the regular like main pride flag or like the lesbian flag um bisexual asexual uh transgender any flag he'll um he'll uh reach down and grab it from them and he'll just be like okay once i put this over my head you're officially out are you sure you're cool with this like he'll i think he says their name and everything and he'll like make a big huge deal about putting it over his head and like putting on a big show about it i freaking love it that's cool yeah right hmm i mean shit that is kind of very elvis-esque yeah like obviously something like that yeah at least like modern day yeah but yeah like the way that he was like a very big big advocate for um like black rights and yeah and everything and segregate like anti-segregation and all that 
other stuff. I love I love seeing them explore that kind of stuff in this movie. Yeah, like I never knew how how much his roots like just dug into that that lifestyle. Oh yeah, I didn't. Or in not that lifestyle, the 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 culture. Yeah, just seeing like how hard the death of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. hit him. Just yeah, such powerful writing. Yeah, like just incredible writing there. Um. Brielle kind of laughed at it, but I actually really liked the uh, the flashback to when he was a kid, and he hears the music going on in that church, and he's like kind of getting into the middle of it, and his friend goes to grab him, and like the pastor stops him, and he's like, "Stop!" Like he's with the spirit now, <laughs> like while he's dancing and and doing all that that good stuff. Like, I didn't want to laugh because I felt like I I was I was a jerk if I laughed. I would have felt like a dick. No, like I I, don't I think know. it That's was kind of not... pulled off. I think it was like delivered in a way to be a joke, but also really? not okay. at the same time. Like it, it's kind of a weird, yeah. a weird scene. Because I mean, like, I can understand why Brielle laughed. I get because I mean the kid's facial features and like the way he's moving his hands. I'm like. Okay, I I get it. If you get into the music, I get it. But like, do people really get into it like that? That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, I've never once gotten into music like that. Like, maybe I'm just not like one with the spirit or anything. (laughs) Same here, apparently. But I freaking loved it, dude. Like, I loved every second of that. Like, just showing where he got his inspiration from and like the situations that he would get his his inspiration from um one thing that i i didn't know from and it kind of like made me question it in this elvis didn't write any of his songs all of his songs come from like like the like black culture like the songs that he heard growing up and so, like, huh. yeah, so his, like, a, a lot of them, like, some of them were, like, written for him and, like, and all of this other stuff. So he was never, like, a songwriter. Like, he was always just, he was just the voice bringing that, that to the world. And so, like, hearing, like, the, the Hound Dog song and, and all of this other stuff, like, like, the one guy that... I don't know who it was. Um, I'm trying to look at the cast list to see if I can figure out who the hell it was. But the guy, so when he was talking with um, with BB King, and the guy that was playing on the piano and everything, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, like I love this song. I'd love to record it." And like the way BB King was just like, "Yeah, but if you recorded it." He like you would make an like a buttload more money from it than this guy would, and it it's a song that I know Elvis didn't sing. So it's it's just like he he was very like it felt like he was very conscious of that kind of stuff. Like he knew yeah. like okay that's that's that person's song and like it it felt like more 
like it it didn't feel like he was stealing songs it felt that he was just taking these songs that he's heard before and bringing it to the mass or to the masses so i i really appreciated that that it didn't feel like oh he's stealing or anything um overall like the rest of the the dialogue was like really freaking good Agreed. I wouldn't quite put it on the same level as like as the story. That's what I was thinking. It's it's a tad below. Yeah. Personally, I think I'm going to like a ninety one with that one. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna match you. Alright, moving on over to acting. Um honestly the big two in this were Austin Butler, who played Elvis, and Tom Hanks, who played Colonel Tom Parker. Um, a couple of the extras. We had Olivia De Jong, who played Priscilla. Helen Thompson, who played Gladys, who was Elvis's mother. Uh, Richard Roxburgh, who played Vernon, who was Elvis's father. And then Kelvin Harrison Jr., who played B.B. King. So, uh, with with this one being, like, top two, like, I'm pretty sure we're both going Austin Butler for one. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, and then Tom Hanks for two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the only important thing. So, you want to talk about... Elvis, and I'll talk about uh, Parker. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, um, freaking. Uh, what else can you say with Austin Butler except for perfection? This guy embodies Elvis like so well; it's incredible. Um, like he he even pointed out in an interview, like he spent months just studying as many interviews, movies that he could find on Elvis, trying to get his impression down per- perfectly. Because all of the music in this uh, movie, um, it it is actually sung by um, Austin Butler. Um, they did like in post production, like add like a little bit of the real Elvis's like lines in, like a little bit of his voice, but f- literally like ninety nine percent of the singing voice that you hear coming from Austin Butler is actually his voice. That is him singing as Elvis, um, which is just incredible because it is so good. I thought they did what they did with, um, um, Rami Malek. No, he didn't. Yeah, no, he did not, uh, just lip sync. Did he really sing all that? Yep. Dude, Mm -hmm. no freaking way. Yeah, that that is really Austin Butler. I'm fact checking you because <laughs> he if that was I swear amazing. I just read this in like an I swear I just read this in like an interview like 30 minutes before recorded with snippets of the real singer blended in later on. Holy shit, dude! Right, dude the the acting just like went up astronomically to, for me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Holy he's, dude, he's shit. S- incredible. 
Oh, uh, he got the voice down. He got the actual like singing voice down. Just everything. The, I have nothing bad to say about Austin Butler as Elvis Presley. Like, I could literally go on for hours of how amazing this man is as as Presley and just how he embodies him. He, he's incredible, and I would put him up with the ranks of how well Taron Edgerton embodied. Um, oh my God, Elton John. Uh, Elton John. Thank you, and Rami Malek. With Freddie Mercury. Holy shit. Amazing. And that's all I'm going to say. Holy balls, dude. (laughs) Right? That is awesome. Right? It's so cool. Shit. Like, I want to hear, like, the original songs, like, where it's just him. Like, I want to hear them, like, side by side. I'm sure if you like like really listen closely, I'm sure you could tell like a little bit of difference, but like barely. Obviously, I freaking couldn't because I thought it was Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's, that's that's amazing. Holy shit, dude, that is damn. I was. Oh my gosh. I was legitimately at like maybe like a 92 for acting. I'm in the high high 90s now. That was pure perfection. Right? Like oh damn. Oh, but like talking about um Tom Hanks performance real quick as as Colonel Tom Parker. He was it was it's so weird to see Tom Hanks in like the villain role. Dude straight yeah, straight up. I was just about to comment on that. <laughs> I don't like it. It it's it's so interesting because like you know what he's doing. Like you know that he's being shady. You know that he's like basically screwing Elvis over. But it's also like, it's Tom Hanks. So he he does it in like such a likable way. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it makes me wonder, like, was Tom Parker like that likable? Like he had to be, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had to be. For what he was able to get away with, he had to be. Like, shit. Like, I had such, like, a weird, like, feelings about him, or mixed, like, feelings about him. Because I'm like, okay, was he just, like, was he that nice to Elvis? Like, Like, was he, or was he just that, like, that charming? Or was he just smart enough to, like, outsmart him? Because when he's talking about, like, the, oh, the international tour, like, hey, you could be doing here, freaking, like, just get a shit ton, shit ton of money before you, like, take off across the world. And, like, so, it like, I know that that was, like, a trick to get Elvis into signing with the international for so many years. But it's, like, was that smarts or was that charm? Like, I, I I really wish that I would have I would know. I kind of want to do like more background on Tom Parker. 
just to get an idea for who he was and how well Tom Hanks portrayed him. But for what he pulled off, like it was, it was great to see this and just the Tom Hanks does a really good, uh, what was it like a Dutch accent? I think so. Yeah, I'm going to look real quick, see what. Yeah, just a bunch of quotes and stuff. Not really any info on Tom Parker. But yeah, like his his accent was on point. Like never freaking wavered from that accent like at all. I felt. And just masterclass. And there wasn't a single extra in this movie that like messed it up for me like everyone was just so perfectly cast like freaking shout outs to olivia de jong about like who played priscilla like she played her role so freaking well no absolutely agree i mean considering that she didn't come into the movie until much later on absolutely agree yeah, like she like when she came in, she came in with like a freaking power. Oh yeah. And it was again one of those things that was just another incredible performance to watch. And you could tell like like you could feel the love and the like the the sadness that she had when she left Elvis. Like she didn't like she, she you knew that she still loved him but just couldn't do that with with him anymore yeah and it, it oh, freaking heartbreaking seriously though but everyone freaking masterclass of performances like honestly like if there's an extra that i have issues with he's so far down the list it's not even worth bringing up <laughs> <laughs> oh but oh shit yeah, the whole the whole singing thing, like, dude, like, I, I'll, I'll throw this into acting. You, like, I I don't think either of us brought this up. You could freaking feel the effort that Austin Butler put into his singing performances. Oh, dude, absolutely. He got into them so hard, and I loved it so much. Yeah, with how hard he was sweating, holy balls, yeah. dude! I wouldn't be. Would have gotten a nice paycheck for this movie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the the effort that he put into this, I would not have been surprised whatsoever if that was like real sweat, dude. Straight up, like he he did incredible at just making you feel the weight of these performances and just the the power that that Elvis had on stage like it's when i think of like the all-time greatest performers freddie mercury is like number 1 cuz he could just command an audience but number 2 like i'm sitting there with freaking elvis like elvis just had a way of performing with like all of the effort that he could possibly muster. Yeah. Seriously though. Like hell, even uh 
Tom Parker, like his narration at the end, the last time that he he got to see Elvis perform, like when he was um, si- like sitting at the piano and having someone like hold the mic for him because he could barely walk. Like the way that he said, he's just like, yeah, he could barely walk. Like he was not doing well. But when he sang, he, it's, he didn't lose anything. Like it, it was just as good as any other performance that he's ever given. And I'm like that, that, oh, like that alone was like super powerful. Absolutely agree. Uh, honestly, I'm in the high nineties for acting. Yeah, I'm at like a ninety. I'm gonna go at ninety-seven. I'm actually like right below you at 96. Nice. All right, next up we got character development. Which this one's a little tough to do. Like like you can't decide to do it either on Elvis or the Colonel or yeah. <laughs> like you, I, I feel I, El- I would do Elvis, but that's just me. Yeah. Like, okay, with Elvis, you get to see, like, this, this, like, really good start of working with the Colonel, and kind of, like, going along with what the Colonel wants, even, like, despite it being against his mother's wishes, and then when, once his mother dies, it's just kind of, like, it just takes a dive. Where he's like becoming so self, or not self-reliant, reliant on the colonel. And then the colonel's just running every aspect of his life to a point where he becomes unrecognizable to himself. And then he works his way back up there. And then he just, again, takes another freaking dive. As soon yep. as he starts getting into the drugs and getting into the... uh performances at the international and and all that shit like it's it's insane to see that like the that wave and regardless of this being like if we were talking about this being like a good arc like this is definitely one of those negative arcs but done well yes i absolutely agree like you just see like a steady decline of of Elvis, but they ended it on such like a bright note in a way. <laughs> they did. Um, I mean, even though unfortunately Elvis did die very young, he died at was it forty two? Uh, forty seven, I think. I was forty seven. Yeah, pretty sure. Like, oh. I I. How old was Elvis when he died? <laughs> oh, I was wrong. 42. Okay, so it was 42. Damn, God, I thought... so young. No shit, dude. Holy crap. Like, how old's Priscilla? Is Priscilla older than him? No, she was younger. She was younger? Yeah. Okay. I think, like, they mentioned in the movie, like, they were, like, uh... Oh my god, I don't know how far apart with You know what? I'm gonna look that up. 
Oh, so if Elvis was alive today, he would be 87 years old. Really? Wow. Okay, so, so they're ten. So yeah, they're ten years apart. Okay, so she's like in her seventies, late seventies. Yeah. Okay. Oh, freaking sad. Yeah, it really is. But I mean, like you pointed out, it does end on a happier note with just showing like how much of an impact Elvis had on on yeah. his fans and how it I love how they point out at the end that he is still the number one um single um he, he's the number one solo selling uh record art record artist of all time I'm googling that right now to see if it up oh, still still number 1 Woo Yeah it goes Elvis, Michael Jackson, Madonna, Elton Rihanna, holy shit! <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, damn. <laughs> Go Rihanna, dude. She, yeah, number five, like right uh, with those, th- with those four people above her. Shit. <laughs> I mean, Umbrella is a freaking jam. I don't know. I don't care what anyone tells me. Honestly, I'm surprised that she beat out Beyonce. <laughs> Oh, you know, fair enough. Like, damn. Like, let's see. <laughs> like, let's see if Beyonce even like makes this list. Dude, she, she doesn't even make the list. God damn. Like, okay, so it's Elvis, Michael Jackson, Madonna, Elton John, then Rihanna, Eminem. Uh, Taylor Swift, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, and then Celine Dion. That is so cool that Eminem is on there. <laughs> that's yeah, that's awesome. another that's I another that. weird one. It's oh. it's so weird, like <laughs> to think that Rihanna, Eminem, and Taylor Swift are on the same like level, like because their music a, is just so different from each other. Yeah. Dude, but it's, like, not even freaking close. Like, Elvis and Michael Jackson are the are really close together, so, like, one and two. But then it, like, drops a shit ton, and, like, the units sold. So, shit, really? Yeah. So, Madonna is at 340 million units, right? Okay. So, she's number three. Number two... Michael Jackson is at 1 billion units. Holy shit. And then Elvis is at 1.5 billion units. Yeah, I love it. So even if Madonna were to triple her her sales, I'm pretty sure she still wouldn't freaking reach. Like, Okay, actually that might be a little oversold. So if she were to double her unit sold she'd be at like 680 million like still wouldn't even be cracking michael jackson range that's nuts <laughs> oh yeah dude that is absolutely nuts <laughs> oh anyway getting back to 
the character arc of, of Elvis. It's hard. It's like I've said, it's really hard to base this stuff off of like a real person's life. Yeah. Because we can't be, because it's hard to, be, you feel like an asshole if you're yeah, just you like, oh say, yeah, like, the way your life right. is told. <laughs> <laughs> Wish you would have had a better life. You get a C minus of a life. <laughs> yeah, the writers on your story kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the, the development that he did go through, like I said, even though it is a negative arc and it doesn't end on a happy note and it he kind of was on a, a steady decline the way that they were able to capture that story and make us feel not super like depressed when the movie ended yeah was really well done Absolutely so agree. i'm still cracking 90s with this one yeah you know what i'm going 95 I might be a little lower, like in a 92, but fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we got effects, which with this movie, didn't it didn't really have any special effects. Um, so we'll talk more about like the cinematography and, and all that well, good I stuff. Mean, you got the makeup on uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's more costumes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Never mind. Rewind. Bit, 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 bit. <laughs> yeah. So the like with the cinematography and the sets, I I liked how how big the scale of this movie felt. It didn't feel like it was restrained or restricted to like a super small area. True. Um. I'll fully admit when they were putting that uh the uh just Elvis on the uh international like billboard like the, the like the uh, huge um, marquee whatever thing um I don't know yeah that that kind of shit gets me hyped so I'm like yeah Elvis <laughs> dude I was about to like rip this movie a new ass when it opened up and it was like modern day Vegas. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, what the you shit guys didn't is even this? Try? Yeah, I'm like, you guys didn't even freaking try. <laughs> like, th- like this is such bullshit. Like, that's not. <laughs> like, I was livid, and then it was just like, oh, late seventies. I'm like, oh, or not seventies. Like, whenever Tom Parker died, I think he nineties. Uh, I think. Uh oh yeah, nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> when he, yeah, when he died, it was like more modern day Vegas. So I was, <laughs> but I was ready to freaking like lose my mind. I was like, "This that is was such really bullshit." Guys, like you said, you didn't even try. Come on. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway. Um, but yeah, once they got to like like past that and it was like back in in time, 
Like, they did a really solid job of that. And they did, like... Like, so there's not really much to note there. But the cinematography on this movie, dude, was crazy. And it kind of helped with, like, the chaotic feel that I was talking about earlier. Dude, the freaking one that, like, really brings... uh... I feel the cinematography up so much is the one where uh, the concert where they're um, uh, where they're saying like, Oh, you, you know, you have to change. You can't do any type of wiggling. You can't even do your finger um, waving and, and don't even think about doing a pelvic thrust and everything. And he just, he just decides, you know, like F this, I'm going to give the people what they want, the real Elvis Presley. And just like the quick cuts that they do between like the fans and like the police trying to hold them back of how much Elvis is getting into the song. And then like after the performance of like the police coming in and, and breaking it all up and like them taking Elvis away, taking even his parents away, trying to control the fans still, um, dealing with his, his band I freaking loved it. Yeah, that was super well done. Um, there was lots of like camera spinning, <laughs> if that's like the word for it or whatever the hell you would let's just say it is. Yeah. Like it just very disorienting when they did shit like that. And yeah. I think that was just kind of meant to enhance the scenes or the yeah the shots so i i mean it worked it worked really well (laughs) like just it just made me feel like oh my gosh like what the hell is going on (laughs) (laughs) like in the moments where that's what he was feeling like oh what the hell's going on yeah um gosh i'm trying to think of like some other stuff like the i think the way that they were able to capture some of his like iconic performances like the one with that like that christmas special that he was supposed to do yes like that was really really dude well watching done. that watching that like comparison oh my god like freaking everything was just perfect dude it was like i like lately I've been getting a lot of the uh, the side by side videos on TikTok and I always stop and watch it even though I've watched it like a billion times already. <laughs> <laughs> but it it was really well done. So kudos there. Um unfortunately, I think this is probably the lowest score for me. So, I mean, it was above, it was above average, like, effects-wise and, and everything. Like, cinematography was good. Um, but personally, I'm sitting at, like, maybe an 84. Okay. I'm going to go slightly above you. I'm going to go an 86. That's completely fair. Um, alright. Next up, we got music. And, dude... I've been contemplating this since I watched the movie. <laughs> does knowing that Austin Butler sings all of the songs, does that change the music score for you at all? 
<sighs> not really, because I already gave okay. the bonus points for the for the acting. Fair enough. What is getting me on this is that they somehow managed to not score a perfect 10. Like, when we talked about doing this movie, I was like, okay, well, obviously music's going to be, like, a number one. Like, 10. Easy. Here we are. Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) I'm afraid that it's not. And here's my argument for it. Like, so, where where would you sit, personally? Like, are you, like, where I'm at? I'm personally at a nine. At a nine? Yeah. So, the reason I'm not at a ten, and I am a huge, I, I love Elvis's music. What ruined this for me is that they threw in modern artists. You know, you know, I think I know why they did that. Um, have you ever seen The Great Gatsby? Yes. Okay, so you so remember how we you mentioned earlier that um it's directed by the same guy. Baz was his name Baz Luhrmann. Yes, I think that's his name. Um, I don't know if you remember, because I remember a lot of people were mad about this. There is a scene when they're uh, driving down, uh, like uh, like on a bridge, and they start playing like modern, like hip hop, jazz. And I know that scene like really pissed a lot of people off. And even in that movie, they play the song "A Little Party Never Killed Nobody," and that is a very modern song. Um, so I feel that that's kind of a very Baz Luhrmann kind of thing. Like he tries to put in modern songs and make them work and like hope that you don't really notice. But of course you do because it's like, but that's not Elvis Presley. So of course I'm going to notice that shit. It's not even that. It's not even that they were throwing in not Elvis Presley music. It's the fact that they were throwing in like freaking rap shit. Yeah. I'll agree with you there. Like one that pissed me off and this was like such an interesting thing for me. There's a, a moment where Can't Help Falling in Love with You plays, but it's performed by Casey Musgraves. I love that rendition of that song. It is a great one. I hate that it was in this movie. <laughs> Damn. Dude, it was. It legitimately, like pissed me off I'm like you guys you can like if you want to have other people singing the songs to kind of show like hey this is where Elvis got the inspiration for this song like this is a song that he wanted to share with the world by hearing someone else sing the song like sure go ahead like I don't care like um like when they did Hound Dog and that one lady was like singing it and he was like listening from the street Mm -hmm. like when when um when he overheard like that but you never hear him say well well i guess you hear him a little bit saying hound dog um but anyway like hearing that like knowing that that's kind of a modern interpretation of the song like 
whatever. I I get that one. Like, sure. But you want to throw in freaking what's her face? I oh, I wrote it down one sec. Doja Cat. What the shit was that? <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? Apparently, Baz Luhrmann. I don't know. Yeah. So unfortunately, that is what's keeping the soundtrack from a ten for me. Is that they threw in modern interpretations of the songs instead it, of putting in the original like instead of throwing in the Elvis Presley rendition of it or having someone in the movie sing it like they did with that that one hound dog or um that's all right mama yeah like the way that like Elvis was like sharing that song and was like heard the guy playing in that one uh, dive bar or whatever, like when he was a kid. Like, totally understandable. I am completely fine if you want to do that, but don't throw him like walking around the street and throw in freaking Doja Cat or freaking CeeLo Green. <laughs> like, that is like, no. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> so, yeah. I... I was going to give this an 8. But... Suspicious Minds has been stuck in my head ever since I've finished the movie. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm... I'm going up to a 9. But I'm not happy about it, because this was an easy 10. And you guys managed to screw it up. <laughs> oh, shit. Alright, next up in costumes. Um, dude, the amount of bedazzling this costume, <laughs> or this, like, costume team probably had to do was ridiculous. <laughs> All I know is if they're not recognized at the Academy Awards this next year, I'm gonna be pissed, dude. Legit. If they if they don't get a nomination, if they don't win, like unless they like they lose to someone who did like a Victorian era like movie, like they have to win. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Like the the they nailed Elvis's outfits to a T. Like the side by side comparisons with like Elvis's black leather outfit when he was doing that Christmas special, the white suit when he was singing um uh If I Can Dream Or just like any of the other like super famous outfits that he's had, like the the white jumpsuit, the blue jumpsuit, the pink suit, like freaking take your pick. Seriously though, <laughs> oh. like they did amazing on these costumes, and that's not even bringing up the makeup that they did on Tom Hanks. Yeah, like oh my god, so good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course yeah. you can still. T- I mean, you can still tell it's Tom Hanks. Usually. Oh, absolutely. But, but still, amazing job. 
Yeah, like he like they're Tom Hanks isn't winning any awards. Like makeup no. is it like yeah, the whole makeup team isn't probably isn't going to win any awards mm-hmm. for this, but the costumes dude. Dude, seriously. Like absolutely freaking iconic. The only thing that I feel that they didn't quite get right and I'm actually might not like I I want to Okay, yeah. The only thing that I feel that they didn't quite get like right on the money was Elvis's military haircut. <laughs> yeah, I I will even I would agree with that. Like it didn't That's even look like he long. got a haircut. <laughs> yeah, dude, straight up. Like even the side even the sides weren't shaved. Yeah. Like I thought that they were going to go a lot deeper with that, but he had like like shaved sides when he was yeah. in the military. So, I mean, I feel like they could have done that better. Yeah, Other than, absolutely. Like, but that is such a minor complaint. <laughs> Fair enough. So, where are you sitting with costumes? Uh, I don't. Are you sitting at a ten? Are you at a nine? I'm at. I can be talked up to a ten. Like if I had to, like if we did like this thing, I'd be at like a nine point eight. <laughs> like I'm so close to a ten, it's not even funny. You know, honestly, for just how amazing the costumes were, I'm, I, th- I would do a ten. I'll match you. I have no shame matching you there. Hell yeah. All right, last up, we got our own personal score for this one. Do you want me to take this one? You pick. I I can I can do it. Or I can start off. <laughs> yeah, sure. I okay. don't I don't know why I, that was weird, but whatever. Anyway, um, overall, this is a great music biopic. Um, Austin Butler is amazing as Elvis Presley. He embodies him so well. Um, from the singing to the dancing to the voice it's just it it's incredible uh the story that they're they're able to tell with elvis's life is um both entertaining and heartbreaking uh what he goes through um just yeah just such a great music biopic and i really don't have a lot of problems with it um so overall I I'm gonna go a ninety-three. Yeah. I I had a lot of um a lot of fun with this movie. Really appreciated some of the things that I learned about Elvis. Um and like critically, like I think they did a super solid job. But with this being my like my own personal score, I didn't enjoy it as much as i did like rocket man or bohemian rhapsody which are basically like the same feel of movie um but i mean that doesn't mean that oh sorry no what 
No, I was going to say, that's kind of funny, because, like, I will fully admit, like, Bohemian Rhapsody is still number one for me, but actually, I think um, Elvis jumped up to uh, number two. I actually liked it better than Rocket Man. Did you really? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, oh, you're good. Um, yeah, I... I had a really fun time with this movie. It was it was good. I'm like not trying to make it sound like it wasn't. It's just I, there were other like biopics that I enjoyed more, and I, there I, like I think the music really like struck my soul. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And so like that just kind of really got under my skin and kind of like made me not enjoy it as much as I feel I could have. But I overall like it is like critically it is a fantastic movie. But personally, I think I'm down in like eighty six range. Okay. Uh so yeah. So that concludes this breakdown. Per- so I f- thought Oh sorry. No, you're good. I don't know what I was gonna say here. Sorry. <laughs> All right, but with that, that brings our story grade to a 93. Um, The writing came in a little bit lower at a 91. Acting shot straight up to a 96.5. The character development brought it down just a hair, sitting at a 93.5. Effects, pretty average, sitting... Maybe above average for cinematography, uh, sitting at a solid 85. Music, top-notch music, just dropped down because they could have done better. Uh, sitting at a 9. Costumes, solid 10. Like, solid, solid, solid 10. And then our personal score averaged out to an 89.5. So, with all that, the final Albro's letter grade for Elvis has come to a A minus. Hell yeah. Yeah, so it is sitting at a 92.31%. So that that's a lot higher than I thought it was going to get. Yeah, same here. That's awesome though. Yeah, so let's see where it's sitting at our on our ranking. Ooh. This is extremely interesting placing. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right, so like we said, Elvis is sitting at an A minus, which puts it at a 92.31%. So that puts it Directly in line with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Hmm. And that puts it above The Eternals, which is at a 92.25. Puts it above Our Friend, which is at a 92.12. Puts it above Logan, which is at a 91.81. Puts it above... The Batman, which is at a 91.62, and puts it above Coco, which is at a 
Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, so going the opposite direction, it is below the Bob's Burgers movie, which is at a 92.37. It is below Joker, which is also at a 92.37. It is below Pulp Fiction, which is at a 92.43. It's below Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is at a 92.59. And then finally, it is below Last Night in Soho, which is at a 92.62. So the margins here are ridiculously close. (laughs) Dude, no kidding. Holy shit. That's awesome, though. Yeah, right? But funny enough, like I said, I preferred Rocket Man. It's, uh, where is it? Oh, here it is. It is above Rocket Man. No shit. Yeah. Wow. So it's so, like comparing it to another movie of its of its kind. It yeah, it's above Rocket Man by a couple points actually. Like it's actually like a little over three percent. So Rocketman's wow. sitting at an 89.9%. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then the other direction, it's below Bohemian Rhapsody by 3%. Okay. So, so they're all equally spaced. So Bohemian Rhapsody is sitting at an A. Um... Elvis is sitting at an A minus, and then Rocket Man sitting at a B plus. That's pretty freaking cool, actually. Right. So I, I'm genuinely surprised that it ended up scoring this high. I'm happy about it, though. Yeah, I'm not upset. <laughs> I think, like I said, personal ranking, I would probably put it below Rocket Man, but. That's not how we grade things here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'd say that will do it for this week's episode. Um, If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, uh, be sure to follow uh, us wherever you really listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. I almost said Google Radio. Google Radio. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, all that fun stuff. Um, whatever you're listening on right now, you found us, so there you go. Um, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube if that is your preferred listening platform. Um, you can follow us on our social media where you can DM us with any episode ideas, um, as well as if you want to be a guest on uh, any episode, we would love to have anyone. Anyone is welcome. And uh, those are facebook.com forward slash the Albros, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Albros. Or you can email us at thealbroschannel.com if that is your preferred way to contact us. Um, you can check out our website, tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros, if you guys want to get to know us a little more. Or you could also check, or, or and you can also check out our uh, merch store. Uh, which is tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Allbros channel. Um, 
sooner or later it will be switched to teespring it's just i think kayla mentioned this last week it's just getting as many freaking episode artworks as we had transferred to teespring it's it's a long process yeah it's not easy <laughs> like we so have 200 av- like as of this episode we have 237 episodes out so anytime Jesus. i'm like hey we can upload this shit it just gets redonkulously harder. <laughs> <laughs> it it will happen eventually. <laughs> Maybe. Um. Yeah. B- okay. Fair enough. But you can always go to T Public and find all of our stuff there. Um. So yeah. Uh. Next week on the podcast, we'll be breaking down the Disney Plus original, uh, remake of Pinocchio, which. Funny enough, stars Tom Hanks as well. Holy shit, so, dude. Yeah, I know, right? Tom Hanks is just everywhere. Dude, he is. Like, he's an Elvis, which is right in line with a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see where Pinocchio ranks. I really... Because Pinocchio holds a... Spe- like, actually, like, a really, real special place in my heart because this is actually my favorite, like, classic Disney film. I loved this movie so much growing up, and I still do. And I'm just very interested to see if they actually do some of the dark-ass moments that are in that original. Because I- I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, that, that, uh, that donkey scene. Um, holy shit, it... When you get older, that is just so sad. Like it hits you. It oh my god, it's it's heartbreaking that scene. Um, I yeah, that's, that's all I gotta say about it. Um, but yeah, you guys can look forward to that next week. Um, but until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan, and I'm Caleb, and we'll see you guys next week. Give me a wait. Okay. Ha ha, see you real soon. <laughs> How was it? That was awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, deuces. <laughs>